And just by guiding that energy down, I feel like my whole body sort of drops into this deeper wisdom. Like, okay, yes, I'm excited, but I can channel this energy into my sensuality. Yeah. Adrian Zast is a fire dancing, yoga teaching, hypnotherapist and womb journey facilitator that lives a life fully on her own terms. In this episode, I have an intimate conversation with Adrian about discovering new depths of feeling through self-pleasure. And we talk about celibacy, unconventional relationships and how boundaries create a win-win situation. Adrian brings up how being self-centered is needed to be in greater service to others and what she does to keep her own center. And uh, a juicy exercise to connect back to yourself is included. So, enjoy. All right, Adrian, welcome. It's such a pleasure. Hi, Celeste. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) I'm happy you're happy to be here. Uh, To have you on this beautiful podcast. You're one of my really dear friends, originally from Slovakia. And as I know you, you're one of the ambassadors for self-pleasure and really making your life super enjoyable. I always admire you for the way you do that with your movement, your yoga, guiding women through beautiful journeys, all of that. Maybe you mm-hmm. want to introduce yourself more. Hi, um, I'm Adrian, and um, I dedicate my life to pleasure in the sense of that I try to make it as pleasurable as possible. And on that journey, I stumble across different things I feel like doing and feel like involving myself with. Uh, That can be yoga, that can be creating events, that can be guiding women, that can be hypnotherapy, it can be performing, dance. It comes in a lot of different shapes and forms. You work at the strip club. I forgot to mention that. (laughs) I do. To drop this bomb at the start. (laughs) (laughs) That also is something that's... I feel like it's a big part of my identity, even though not my outward identity, but my internal identity. Mm -hmm. It's something that I hold very dear, uh, that I allowed myself to start dancing in 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 a strip club. And it's been a big part of my journey and I had a long break and now I came back to it. Of course, Corona played a role, but I also took a break before. So I came back to it after four years. And as we spoke before, it's Mm -hmm. a very interesting checkpoint now to see myself in that same situation in uh, uh, dancing again and talking to clients. And I can really see like how I evolved and how I learned and what has changed about me and the way I interact with Mm -hmm. the world and the way I drop into my femininity and sensuality. And it's very interesting. That's beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. I also know you as one of the most how you say that you own your decisions like big time also when you you tell me about your doesn't really matter whatever you do you're so committed and so owning whatever you're doing and also when you talk about working in a strip club or doing your your 
hypnotherapy studies at the time that that we were more connected you're so dedicated to whatever you're doing and when i hear you talk usually about your work you and your passion for just empowering other women to just own their pleasure and own like what whatever the way they want to move the way they want to present themselves to the world i love that about you so much (laughs) (laughs) thank you that feels very sweet to me yeah uh, and uh yeah i appreciate this perspective although i don't know you know i thought that I do understand that the way I live my life and the way I go about my decisions is can be inspirational for some people. Mm-hmm. And they often come to me and tell me this, and uh, that's great. Uh, so I concluded from that that maybe I should be more active in that inspiration or guidance. Mm-hmm. That's why I created the womb journey and I started guiding women and I wanted to do the hypnotherapy and I wanted to be a more active participants in someone's uh yeah self-discovery mm-hmm. or development and empowering but uh, maybe what i'm finding out is that i'm best at empowering when i focus on myself huh. and uh, also according to human design that's yeah. true like i'm really a self-observed self-absorbed uh-huh. person it sounds bad self-absorbed but that's really the way i sort of go through life like mm-hmm. I need to really follow my own gut instincts and and prioritize whatever I feel that's important for me in the moment. And by that, I am the best example for others. When I start to calculate too much how I can be helpful, how I can do this for others, then it just somehow stops working. Uh And... um, So, of course, I still want to continue uh, being helpful and to be of service. But now I'm more mindful that I should be more in flow and in connection with myself when Mm -hmm. I do that. And when it comes from that place, it's much more uh, powerful. That's beautiful. And how you're sharing about when you're more, can can I say, like more into your own power? Mm-hmm. like more focused on yourself and your own mm-hmm. process and your own energetics. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious about what that what are the things that you literally do to find that place within you? Are there practices mm-hmm. or Definitely. I'm sure there are. <laughs> <laughs> of course yoga. I swear swear by yoga. That's something I come back to all the time. Mm-hmm. Like yoga, that's where I touch bases with myself and that's what helps me feel grounded mm-hmm. and feel good uh, about myself and in my life. And then the other practices come and go. I like to sing mantras. I like to keep my spaces tidy and clean. I like to stay organized. <laughs> that also helps me to give that space for flow. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, but I think yoga and meditation, just the, the old, good old cliche, the classics, it's <laughs> it's a classic because it's true. It's very helpful. Mm. And I like to connect to my womb and to my sensuality. And I have a very regular, it's not really a practice, it's just like mindfulness mm-hmm. exercise that, that works for me, is that throughout my day, and especially in my work, if I perform or even if I teach or even mm-hmm. if I guide, uh, to drop back into softness within me. 
that mm. really helps because I can get really excited, really hyper, really a little bit masculine in my mm -hmm. in my energy. And if I remind myself to come back to that velvety space in me, mm -hmm. that soft grounded velvety space, then everything unfolds in a much more calmer, better, flowy way. Nice. Do you have an example of that, of what that looks like? I I can describe how it feels in my body. Yeah, yeah. So, for example, I'm in a conversation with someone and I feel this whole energy build up in my chest. I feel like this radiant, like outwards pouring energy in my chest that comes mm -hmm. with excitement, you know, this mm -hmm, kind of mm -hmm. sparkle. And I catch it there. I feel it there. And that's when I become aware, like, oh, my chest is full. Then I bring that energy and I drop it down mm -hmm. into my belly, into my womb, into mm -hmm. my yoni. And just by guiding that energy down, I feel like my whole body sort of drops into this deeper wisdom. Like, okay, yes, I'm excited, but I can channel this energy into my sensuality. Yeah. And yeah, that really works. Wow. For me. And also for to stay more grounded and present. So you bring your energy back down. Mm-hmm. And if it's hard to do with just the power of imagination, then a nice trick is to squeeze the, do some kegels to squeeze the muscles of Gaggles? the pelvic. What's kegels? It's like the squeezing of the muscles of the pelvic bowl. Ah. Or kegels, kegels, I don't know. Okay. I have no idea. I never heard that word. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the name of those exercises when you're, okay. uh, when you're exercising uh -huh. your pelvic bowl muscles. So if you do that for a couple of times, it really brings the attention to those muscles, attention to that area, and also the blood flow increases. Uh -huh. And a nice side effect is that also your pupils dilate. It's just it's just as being slightly turned on. Huh. And actually, it's a good advice also like before a big important meeting or if you're approaching someone or if you want to go and talk about something important, then it's good to take a moment to breathe deeply, of course, concentrate and then maybe mm -hmm. be, do a few kegels because like the overall radiance mm -hmm. of, of the woman or even maybe of the man will really increase by that just deep rooted Ooh. sensual awareness. I love that. Mm -hmm. So you basically just squeeze mm -hmm. and then you release. Yes. And then you squeeze again and, and then you release. release. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's funny, that's an exercise that I usually do with specifically men in photo shoots, mm -hmm. that I, I really let them connect to their balls uh -huh. and do that before taking pictures because it brings like really the soul into the picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the same with women, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that. <laughs> that's a beautiful exercise. So if you want to stay more connected to your room, then that's a great reminder and mm -hmm. a great tool to do so mm -hmm. like throughout your day mm -hmm. you can mm -hmm. even do it while talking to your boss that's kind of sexy yeah spice <laughs> <laughs> uh, up your work day a little bit uh-huh um, we love that also what i would love to dive into into with you is the theme of boundaries Boundaries can be so mm. incredibly sexy. <laughs> I think so. Yes, I'm happy that you say that they are sexy. I think they are sexy, definitely. Yeah? Why yeah. do you think they are sexy? 
Because limitlessness doesn't have a definition and for something to be sexy it needs to be defined fuck yes i think uh-huh yeah well, <laughs> what does it mean to you to have boundaries for me it means staying true to myself mm-hmm. definitely and it means also it is also a gift to the other person because I think oftentimes we believe that if we don't set boundaries, then it's easier. It's easier for the people we work with or we relate to. Mm -hmm. But in the end, there can be a lot of resentment and a lot of unknown. Mm -hmm. Like um, what it is that I need to give or avoid or, yeah, basically some, some, some limits and limitations and by setting boundaries we also gift that to the mm. other person mm-hmm. and uh, yeah that comes with clarity it comes with clarity it comes with uh self-knowledge and it comes with communication because boundaries can change but it's always important to communicate that and it's also nice to bring up in conversation and it triggers conversations mm-hmm. boundaries so boundaries is not Boundaries are firm, but they are not unchangeable. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. definitely morph and shift as we grow and grow and evolve, and it's always a dynamic thing. Mm-hmm. But it's good to be aware of them, and it's not a problem to set them. Actually, people won't resent you for setting boundaries, and mm-hmm. if they do, then well, I don't know if that's the correct people to surround yourself with. Mm-hmm. So. That's at least my experience. I love that what you say that. Um, also questioning like if if people don't accept what you what you communicate if those are the right the, the right people for you in that case is that something that you've been walking into? Hmm. It did happen to me that I I said some boundaries and then of course it wasn't communicated with me like no i don't accept these boundaries Mm -hmm. and uh, but it does happen that that connection then fizzles out because Mm -hmm. it doesn't play to the same dynamic that was there before and -hmm. it's not like it breaks up in a hard way but it just fizzles out because i don't feed into the old narrative anymore because it was not serving me so it just sort of like okay well naturally this is not the connection that will continue Uh so that can happen definitely and it can also feel sad it's not like always choosing the right for yourself feels amazing and good and easy Uh sometimes it can also feel like a loss even if that connection was not uh, maybe good for you, it mm-hmm. sometimes feels like a like a, g- a gentle loss or a slight loss. But life is very rich and long and saturated, and we need to be wise with mm-hmm. who we surround ourselves and how much energy we give to certain connections. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, I love that. It's also an interesting theme. At least if I look at my my personal life with boundaries. Something that I discovered recently was that I was amazing in like voicing out my communicating my boundaries. Mm-hmm. 
but that there was still energetic space left for different interpretations. So that I was amazing in voicing it out, but energetically I was giving a different signal. Mm -hmm. And therefore things kept on happening in patterns in my life over and over and over again until I realized, and it was actually really funny, was in the interaction with one of my dear friends. And in that conversation we had, he got triggered and then he wanted to hang up the phone and I didn't feel good about that. And I voiced it out like, hey, is this how you want to relate together? Because I don't feel good about that. Like now hanging up the phone, can we just communicate about this and then leave the conversation in a way that feels at least better than it does now? Mm -hmm. And in that moment, he was like, well, I, I am not used to you like speaking up so clear and not giving me actually the space to to escape <laughs> <laughs> i mean i would have if if, if that mm -hmm. was what he really wanted but i could tell that it was from a place of being triggered and then just me being energetically like very clear helped our way of of relating in that moment and that's something that i no, not necessarily discovered recently, but become more and more aware of that. It comes with also an energetical statement, only not only communicating about it, but actually Definitely. sending it out. Definitely. And sometimes sending it out is more than communicating. Exactly. It. Because communicating boundaries can sometimes said that this is uh, can sometimes feel yeah. like you are against each other or there is like a, a, a certain problem, but it doesn't have to be. Setting boundaries can, can also feel like you're making a deal that's a win-win situation. Yeah, it's about creating that win-win exactly. and not compromising exactly. at all. Mm -hmm. Like not both like taking a little bit of the pain in order to make something work that doesn't fit yes. in the first place. Yes, it's creating a win-win situation. Yeah. So setting boundaries is a form of collaboration it is it's setting agreements of how this relationship can flourish yeah it is mm -hmm. it's about like finding out like what makes you thrive what makes me thrive mm -hmm. and what are our non-negotiables within the game that we're playing yes. like for ourselves right mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> definitely yeah and then living like taking responsibility of our our own non-negotiables like maybe for me, non-negotiable is that that in friendships, I want to be able to just disappear for two months and that we're still fine. But maybe for you, it's 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 a non-negotiable that you want to be in contact every week. And then maybe we're not a match. Mm -hmm. That can happen. Yeah, that can happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking with Celeste before how much we love ghosting, ghosting parties, ghosting countries, just ghosting and then reappearing at some point like there's oh, no point it. of saying goodbye and i agree with that <laughs> please ghost me i have no problems with it i will right. totally understand when yeah. you come back oh it's so funny i i'm even known for doing the houdini at parties i just mm -hmm. don't i don't like saying goodbye so. that's what i mean ghost uh, like yeah, you yeah. call it houdini yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. what I, is it a french goodbye i don't know there is yeah. a name for it yeah, yeah there yeah. is <laughs> just disappearing and appearing i love that yeah, yeah. Also, sometimes I realize, like, where is this person? Oh, I guess they left. Good for them. I'm happy they didn't come to uh, to, to, to disturb my night with, with their goodbyes. <laughs> I love it so much. Also, the people that I 
I surround myself with usually their first question is when they text me is like hey Celeste how are you in which country are you right now uh-huh. <laughs> are yeah. you around or not <laughs> <laughs> yeah my my cousin got married last uh, last uh, summer and he was giving me advice because I'm getting married end of this summer so he was yes. giving me advice of uh, of how will the wedding be mm-hmm. and he said that like most of the time you will say be saying hi to people and bye to people like that's the whole night you will just be greeting people and then saying goodbye and i was like oh my god i just want to tell them like could you please go to this wedding i'll be totally fine (laughs) (laughs) but it might be a bit impolite for me so i will rethink no no no. you can totally make a whole thing out of this you can make like a disappearing station with like smoke and then just (laughs) (laughs) that's a genius idea we have a smoke machine just disappear <laughs> it could be like a bell to yeah. ring a bell everyone can just wave and then they will go into the disappearing <laughs> machine that would be genius <laughs> I love that idea just disappear yes. style yeah, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, love it super good idea okay yeah. thank you you're welcome <laughs> so you're getting married <laughs> that's true <laughs> what does it look like to you in this new age it looks, area? It looks very liberating. It feels amazing. A lot of people say, like, I don't know what marriage is about and why, why does it even exist. But I love marriage because mm-hmm. it's exactly what you want it to be. There is no one telling you what marriage has to be. Uh-huh. So what, what is it to you? For me, it's a beautiful commitment of two people coming together and want to co-create life together. And we have a lot of freedom in our relationship. We we started it as an open relationship and it will stay an open relationship even when we're married. And mm-hmm. this, I realized this is something I want my entire life. I wanted a deeply committed and a very free relationship with someone. And I'm not kidding you, it's very hard to find. It took mm-hmm. me a long, long, long time to get to a place where I am... <laughs> Uh, able and capable and wise enough and put together mm-hmm. enough to be able to do this kind of relationship and it took me a long time to find someone else who is mm-hmm. on the same page I mean it's hard to find someone who wants to have a normal monogamous relationship or mm-hmm. the more usual one and then to find someone who's compatible and also uh, shares the same vision mm-hmm. and understanding of how the relationship will be in a more uh, un- unconventional way is mm-hmm. even harder so i feel very grateful uh, very very happy <laughs> yeah. that's beautiful that's beautiful yeah. i can't imagine that there is also a lot of communication involved if you if i hear you talk about like the the level of freedom that you have within your relationship mm-hmm. but also the commitment that it comes with mm-hmm. You want to share a little bit about that more, what that looks like for you? Luckily, we are both really passionate communicators. Mm -hmm. Like that's something we really enjoy. We enjoy coming together and talking and being philosophical and being deep. And it's something that's very natural to us. And I feel like this is something we have most in common is that Mm -hmm. we love to process so bro and evil yeah that's how i know you guys it's so beautiful (laughs) yeah so it's not something we had to work on really really hard you know Uh it's something that's natural it's quite natural Mm -hmm. to us so that's a big bonus and then of course the set of different uh 
things we have to process and the things mm -hmm. that happen in our relationship are, are, are always new because it, it just comes and goes mm -hmm. as it is. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so far there was not a huge problem and it's just working. It's, it's hard to say like, how do you do it? We do it always and according <laughs> to what's happening so there is not <laughs> so like there is a, a lot of checking in on each other in the moment definitely. that's an yes. important key in, mm -hmm. in your relationship yes like, always checking in and uh -huh. always being very honest with each other and mm -hmm. and wanting the best for each other and for yes. ourselves at the same time that's beautiful yes. so doing what's best for you but mm -hmm. also for your relationship at the yes. same time yes yes hmm having our relationship as a priority is very important for both mm -hmm. of us and then having each other's happiness and freedom is also very important for both of us mm -hmm. so it works it works and i hope it will keep on working i believe in that <laughs> fuck yes yeah yay <laughs> <laughs> yeah. may i ask you something super personal yes <laughs> yes let's see <laughs> I'm gonna do it. What I discovered in talking with a lot of women lately, I've been interviewing so many women about mm -hmm. their self-pleasure practices. And one of the things that came up was that when a lot of women come into an intimate relationship, did they stop self-pleasuring? How is that for you? I didn't stop completely, but it happens much less because... I have a good active sex life mm -hmm. so also my desire is satisfied there so when it happens that I do feel super horny and I'm alone then sure I go for it mm -hmm. but very often there's like another way to solve that <laughs> so. <laughs> but uh, yeah it's definitely less just because of the 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 quality the goodness of of, of the sex life I have at the moment but I really do like self-pleasure and it's a part of my life since I was a teen. So uh -huh. yeah, it's not something I will just abandon. Uh -huh. <laughs> and it also really helps me connect to myself in a new level and it, it improves my sex life. So I also realize this sometimes like, hey, it's time hmm. to come back to self-pleasure for a bit mm, and do it consciously to discover new depth of feeling and to soften a little bit because I also feel like when you couple up mm -hmm. and if you have sex often with the same person it can sort of start sliding into a certain direction but then it's really nice to like detach yourself from that yes and re-explore have, have yes. your own yeah so that I think that's important that's beautiful also what you said about self-pleasure that that when you're horny you do it but is that always like your your starting point or uh, yeah. Well, I experienced two types of horniness. <laughs> oh, bring it. That sounds interesting. Yeah. One is like the physical one. For example, like when I'm ovulating and I feel oh, like yeah. I just oh. want it like, yeah. like that. Now. You know? Now. Uh, now. Yeah. Now. And then I experience a mental horniness that comes from like the kinkiness of life. Oh, yeah. And that's... That's... Yeah, that that's a different type. So, but yes, definitely a certain type of horniness needs mm -hmm. to be there for me to want it. Otherwise, I don't think about it. Otherwise, yeah, I do yeah. other things. Yeah. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. So it's coming from that that being turned on. Mm hmm. Huh. And if you self pleasure, I'm asking this to every woman. 
What is your intention behind it? What is your what is your ritual look like? Oh, ritual. I think my ritual is to be really slow with myself. I think that that works the best because like if I just take my time and don't squeeze and don't push and don't like don't go for it, more like prolong. Yeah. The sensation. Uh-huh. It's just mind blowing, and 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 it's a different journey, and I really uh-huh. love that to take that time for myself. Uh-huh. So I would say that's that's the most common way for me to approach it. Um, so you really take the time and you slow down. Yes, you make it more about the journey than a destination. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes, for sure. The destination is is also nice, and I can get there fast, but it's not as enjoyable in the end. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, what's the difference that you experience? Uh, the difference in taking the time versus being fast. Oh, when I'm fast, when I'm fast, it feels like itching a scratch or scratching an itch, mm-hmm. scratching mm-hmm. an itch, scratching it. Well, scratching I, I, it. I don't know. I get <laughs> and if it's long it feels like a celebration it feels like it feels like devotion it feels like connection to god it feels like it feels like opening up a new like fold within myself and it's it's a huge difference Uh it's a huge difference it's always ridiculous to even compare. I can see it in your yeah. face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But both can be super nice, you know? Uh-huh. Sometimes fast food is also delicious. Yep. Yeah. Sometimes it's uh-huh. just good for your yeah. For your overall state of being. Exactly. <laughs> sometimes I want pizza and it's the best pizza ever, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And sometimes a five course meal is what I enjoy. Mm-hmm. So it's the same with sex. I wanted to loop back a little bit to what I said at the beginning because maybe it came out a little bit the wrong way. So I want to set it on the uh, in the correct course. When I said that I do enjoy guiding people and creating offers and uh, yeah, creating helpful offers that yeah. empower women and bring them to a certain place, but I have to start with my own enjoyment. Yes, and that's something that it's so crucial. I think in our life is is to follow our own pleasure and own enjoyment Hmm. and as long as we stay connected to that everything we do all the service we'll do will be aligned with us perfectly but as soon as we start focusing that attention outwards yes what would not help others or what is done a certain way or how it needs to be done or all the time everyone does it this way so I also should do it that way Mm -hmm. then we disconnect from what's what's really pleasurable and true for us yeah therefore I have this practice to always come closer and closer back to me back to my own pleasure and take that guidance from there first of all and I really really like that you are creating this platform where you teach women or guide women back to their own pleasure. Yes. Because I think that's like so important to connect (laughs) them back to their pleasure, to make it a daily habit, to normalize pleasure, pleasure as the guiding force in life. Fuck yes. Done. Yeah. Done. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. When I, when I, oh man, I went on a 
freaking journey for for the last 10 years. And basically, if I funnel all of that down into what's really, really important and talking about the purpose of life, the conclusion that I that I made was that the purpose of life is to enjoy whatever you are creating. Uh ho. <laughs> and zooming out from 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 that perspective, like what's in the way of what you want to create in this life are your own blocks, your own traumas. So one part is about how to navigate those blocks and becoming aware of your trauma, learning the tools, how to navigate that mm-hmm. and free that energy up, your sexual mm-hmm. energy, your your creative energy. And then it's about what do you want to create in this life? Where do you want to invest that energy into? Exactly. What is the experience that you would like to have in this and allow it to flow freely as it wants yes. and to the direction that that you're naturally called to yes. without those blocks. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's how Love you... It. I mean, that's such something interesting that I also realized is it's revolution, right? Mm-hmm. If we keep on doing what we've always been doing, there is no progress. For sure. So yeah. how do mm-hmm. we make progress otherwise than listening to that little voice inside? And do things that don't make sense to our logical mind at all. Mm-hmm. It's about learning how to follow that and to take that action and to dare to jump there even when it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Like your <laughs> pussy knows. Your pussy fucking knows. Yes. She does. <laughs> she, knows. she does. She knows and what's good for you. Oh, and she knows how <laughs> to make that very juicy yeah. and enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to be hard and painful. No, it doesn't have to be. No, it really doesn't have to be. No. My life has been so, so nice in the last few years. And I, I'm i so happy I don't have to live with any huge drama, pain, I don't know, destruction. Oh, yeah. Because I did, of course, just like anyone goes through those phases when I, I guess it was necessary for me, but it's not anymore. Uh-huh. You can totally live a happy life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> can you share a little bit about the difference? I would, I think that's super valuable. I think I had a lot of uh, trouble figuring myself out because I was not very conventional. Um, of course... Uh, I was always attracted to a very free life. I I had problems with understanding the social structures. And just like any teenager, mm-hmm. I mean, if you give it two thoughts, then a lot of things don't make sense in how the governments work and how the social order works and what are we expected to do and how we are expected uh-huh. to live. And I come from a very Christian, Catholic country. so And I knew I wasn't monogamous or that I want to have uh-huh. a different style of relationship. So then to find my own path was uh, was a bumpy road, but very exciting, uh-huh. very exciting. But yeah, I had to face all my trauma, all my fear, all my insecurities and create that kind of life that I live now. But I mean, it was work. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, it felt like it, it felt like a lot of trial and error. <laughs> and I loved every, every part of it. But now when I look back of when I was like 20 years old, and but I think all twenty years old have that like the the, the struggles you have in relationships and oh and my god the drama is the real drama is real it's <laughs> it's hard I think being in your early twenties is the hardest part of life 
Uh-huh. I think it's very hard. You're a young adult and you're supposed to have it figured out, but then you're still just forming your personality and what you want and how to get there. And it's mm-hmm. a big puzzle uh, to solve. So that was at points challenging, but I'm a very lucky pl- person. I was born under a lucky star and good things happen to me. And uh, usually I'm in a good flow. So in general, it was all good. But yeah, the difference is big now. My life is so much calmer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can mm. tell. Mm. Also, if you look at your your 10-year younger self from mm-hmm. now, what advice would you give her around intimacy? What would you tell her? Be single for a while. Because I took a year, year single. I did like a year of celibacy. I didn't last a year. I lasted nine months. <laughs> <laughs> My intention was a year. But I did nine months of celibacy and it rewrote the way I relate to my body and to pleasure in such a big way. Because I, I, I always dated, I always had like mm-hmm. fuck buddies, I always had boyfriends and I don't blame myself for that. Like I'm just that type of a person. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like sex and I don't like to have random sex. So I'd rather have a boyfriend for sex than <laughs> random yeah. 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 Yeah, but actually to take that time and to restrain myself from sex and relationships more or less was very insightful. And if I uh-huh. would have done it earlier, I think it would uh, promote my uh, my growth a little bit more. Yes. But I did it later and it's still fine, you know? Uh-huh. And I broke my celibacy when my soon-to-be husband, so... Ah! <laughs> I see what happened there. <laughs> We couldn't keep ourselves off of each other, but yeah. So <laughs> it was it fell onto a fertile ground, that experiment. And But also, the way I rediscovered sensuality and uh-huh. sex, because I went into a state of such huge physical emotional craving that my uh, my sensitivity and my awareness was like expanded so much that every single touch was multiplied by 12 oh my god i think i will do it again at some point just to resensitize myself because Uh we desensitize ourselves throughout life and it's always nice to like like with fasting Yes. Then when you taste food, it's just delicious. And it's yeah. the same with, with, with emotional closeness and with physical closeness. I love that. Because mm. you're very much in tune with what you like and you don't like. Huh. Yes. I love that. And if you could, you know, sometimes maybe you think like, oh, those first that first kiss when I was 14 or whatever, or that first, first, you know? Mm-hmm. You can experience that with, again without the drama, but just in your body <laughs> and in your drama. <laughs> just in your body and your energy by depriving yourself from it. Uh-huh. So it's definitely a practice I will I will incorporate into my life uh, every now and then. Not very often because it is a big commitment. But uh huh, yeah. uh huh. Yeah, it's about like experiencing mm-hmm. that contrast, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, and then appreciating both sides mm-hmm. because you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And some things also became more clear to me during that time of celibacy. Like I realized that I would really like a steady, stable relationship and that family uh-huh. and yeah, family and closeness and a close, deep bond is very important for me. And it's actually something that I really want. Yes. Um, yeah. And before I didn't have time enough to... I didn't spend enough time with myself to actually feel 
so deeply and so truly to what I want in this moment. Wow. I think it also came with age because I was really like expansive, traveling, being everywhere, having a lot yeah. of lovers. And it was perfectly fine at that time. But I mm -hmm. felt like, okay, something has changed. And mm -hmm. Yeah, it's nice. It also sounds like if your energy went more from outward focus into back to yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Huh. For me recently, that also has been like a huge journey. I've been like in... I'm a serial relationship. I don't know even how to call it. Like from since I was 12 years old, I've mm -hmm. always been in relationships or dating or whatever until six months ago. Mm -hmm. And I thought it would be like super hard for me because I was always so, not always, but there was always a part of me that was outward focused because there was something going on with another person involved. Mm -hmm. And now I have so much more energy and clarity because I have such an amazing relationship with myself and therefore decision making is so much easier. I I'll experience I so that. much more intimacy also in my self-pleasure, mm -hmm. but also with other people, like yes. not even in making it sexual, but just there is so much presence. And I also noticed a switch in um, that I was looking for something outside of myself in, in sexual, like, satisfaction. And that just completely disappeared. Mm -hmm. It disappeared. Because I love my own energy and my own balance so much that I don't want, like, your energy must be, like, very pretty fucking good for me to do wanting to even interact mm -hmm. with it like mm -hmm. on such a deep level when it comes to mm -hmm. to sexuality mm -hmm. yeah that's beautiful beautiful realization and like internal process and progress yeah that you're experiencing i love yeah. it yeah I, yeah there is something special about changing what you're doing yeah. For us, it's like going from serial monogamy or serial polyamorousness or whatever we yeah. were doing to being single. And for some people, it could be the same, like always single, always saving themselves. Because I also know these people like are it's super It's about the picky. contrast, right? Exactly. In which you experience like, go yourself. have a slutty period. Fuck yeah. yeah. It's about that contrast in <laughs> which you get to know yourself exactly. about doing something totally different. I love, uh, I love this uh, quote. I force myself to contradict myself in order yes. to avoid conforming to my own taste. Oh my god, we can <laughs> end on that note. <laughs> yeah. Can you repeat that one more time? I force myself to contradict myself in order to avoid conforming to my own taste. Fuck yes. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh I love that, Adrian. I think it was by Descartes. The I quote. have no idea. It's okay. I just want to it. give him the credits. It was not me coming up with this smart, <laughs> smart <laughs> sentence. <laughs> oh, mm. I love that. Mm. Thank you so much for this interview. I feel so much sparkles between us yes. right now. Like this interview was really good. And we also have to be very close to each other to record oh, yeah, in one microphone. Very, very intimate. It's very intimate. We're like staring into <laughs> each other's eyes. <laughs> Deeply. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Adrian, for mm. your openness and all the beautiful work that you do yeah. for yourself, but also for so many other women. 
Also, on a personal note, you've been my yoga teacher and mm -hmm. you freaking, freaking had such a big impact on my whole oh, yay. life still every single day. No. One of the things that I, <laughs> what, what I learned from you is really slow progress. Mm. I think we've been practicing like three times a week for a good half year, something Even like more that. More than half a year. Yeah, Maybe with some longer. breaks, but it was a year all in total. Yeah. 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 And in that year, I learned so much about connecting to my yeah. own body. And maybe that has been like a good start for my own self-pleasure journey as well. Just feeling juicy in my body. Mm. And that slow progress is is like way more efficient and effective than I mean, going hard and intense. Yeah. So thank you for that. Thank you, because now it will be like super much sugar and juice, but <laughs> <laughs> like, remember you, you offered me a business coaching session uh, when I started teaching you yoga and that one session triggered so much, not triggered, it fueled so much passion or ignited so much passion in me that I started my own entrepreneurial journey <laughs> and I, I started like teaching and I developed this program for women where I combine yoga, hypnotherapy, deep conversations, uh, self-knowledge, anatomy, cycles. And it was all instigated by the conversations we have, by the energy and fire you bring to me, by the amazing, empowering photo shoots you did for me. Oh my so, God. <laughs> yeah, you are a, such an integral part of my, my journey and my development as a person and as an entrepreneur. So, wow. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much. And Is there a place where people can find you if they are interested in going yes. on a beautiful womb journey with you? On all platforms and even my website is Adrian Zest. Adrian, E-N-N-E, -N -N -E, so it's spelled with the last letters E-N-N-E. Adrienne Zest, like lemon zest, adrianzest.com or Adrian Zest on Instagram, Adrian Zest on Facebook, Adrian Zest on YouTube. That's pretty much it. All of it. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Adrian. Yay. I love you. I love you too. Bye. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>